Welcome to the Nukem Nash Cruise Hour. Yeah. Uh. Nukem Nash. Nukem Nash. Nukem Nash. What's up, my peeps? You know who it is. It's your dude, Nukem Nash. It has been a couple of weeks since I made my last uh, podcast, and I honestly, it's because I've actually just been really busy doing other shit. To be honest with you guys, I've just been kind of working on. Um, I've I've really actually been taking a lot of time to get back into uh, drawing a lot again lately which has been really nice for me because it's it's actually something I've always done obviously I mean maybe a lot of people actually don't even know that probably not honestly but uh that is something that, that I've always done I just dabble here and there um but yeah I've been taking a lot of time to do that kind of savvy up on my um my creating of kind of like um projects based around album artwork and stuff like that, which has been really nice, because I've always made my own um, artwork for my shit, but I kind of have been really getting more into it to where I can kind of expand it to do better for others, too, so that's what I've been kind of been doing. Also, I've been just kind of taking a little bit of time to kind of, really, I've been kind of just actually been going through a lot of shit, fighting demons again, fighting shit in my brain, just really kind of like... To be honest, just kind of fell into a, a depressive area again where I was just kind of like battling myself like I constantly do. Um, I just recently hit a year sober from alcohol just a couple of days ago. So I guess honestly that really has a lot to do with it, to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be straight up with you. You know, like I, I feel like... Um, a lot of my issues right now kind of strain from I really don't know what to do anymore sometimes because I feel like anybody that's ever been around me, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When Luke was, you know, in his comfort zone at all times, I was probably drinking. I was doing, you know, probably drinking. I mean, most of the time. Let's just be honest. Like, people that really, really, really do know me know me. I mean, so it's kind of been really... Honestly, it's been kind of a really hard fucking transition for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even really the fact of just me kind of getting used to being sober because 
sober, I don't even know what, I, I don't, I'm never always just sober. I'm just going to be straight up with you guys about that too. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I always got to do something. I'm not always completely sober. I'm just going to put it that way. And that's just because really, I, I don't think that I ever could be, you know, like I, I don't know that I ever could be. And what I mean by that, it just depends on what the fuck I, if I'm, you know, what I want to do. But I, I can most definitely tell you guys that I absolutely have not touched a single drop of alcohol. I haven't drank anything. I haven't slipped up once. I haven't taken even a sip. And even today, I walked into a 7-Eleven and some dude literally was walking past me as he had just left the counter. And he, oh man, it, it's it's the fucking fireball, man. I'm telling you right now. I drank so much fireball, bros and brodettes. I can't drink Fireball anymore. There's no way. I don't think I could ever do it again. I've ingested so much fucking Fireball. And this is what's fucked up too, is like, you know, growing up as a kid, it's like one of those, it's it's one of those tastes where you know that you, you either, you like it or you don't. But I feel like even the people that say that they like it, they really don't like cinnamon. I don't know what it is about it. It's not. I don't feel like it's an enjoyable thing. I don't. I think a lot of people that say that they do like cinnamon are kind of just like. I think you just get used to it, or something. I don't know what it is. It's not something that is quenchable. I can tell you that. There's no way that anybody in this whole fucking world could be sitting around and being like, you know, it sounds really fucking good. Something that you know tastes like a fucking red hot. You know what I mean? Like. And if you are, you're a weird motherfucker. I'm just going to say that right now. But I just feel like that's not a large part of our population that does that. But anyways, growing up as a kid, I really actually didn't like Red Hot Mints. I didn't like them at all. I thought they smelled like ass. I think I just didn't even think I would like the taste of them. But then I'm going to say probably pretty much from 2014 all the way until like 2018, I was constantly drinking fucking Fireball. And I think it was honestly just because... I was always going out all the time, and that was just like the easiest shot to take multiple, multiple shots of without either being completely shit-faced super fast or without puking in my my shoes every time I would take a shot. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like you bar-goers, like the people that like to go out and party, like you know that I used to do all the time, you know, like... If you've ever went out to the bars with me and you think about any of the times that like maybe we went out and drank together or something, and it's kind of like you got to set a pace. You have to because it's like it. me, if you're going out with me, more than likely I'm probably going to be out longer than anybody that goes out with me unless you are absolutely looking to party like I party. Because if, if I'm going out – sorry, I also have a cold, guys, so I'm going to let you guys know that. Plus I'm laying down so like all my snot mucus is running into the back of my throat, which is really dope, just so you guys know. But basically what I'm trying to say is, is like the way that I like to party and go to the, to the bars is like – I know that there's people out there which they come off as really big weirdos to me. That they can go out at like six or seven o'clock in the in the evening, and then they're back in their car at like nine or nine thirty. Like, okay, well, that was fun, and not even drunk. Like, they maybe just had like three or four Bud Lights and like lost a couple of games of pool, and like their old lady tried to like fight some bitch in the bar or something, and they left. But that wasn't me. <laughs> like, and anybody that knows me for who I am and like has ever partied with me, you know that. Like. If I go out even at 11, 
I'm staying until the bar closes. Like, I'll be there shutting it down. And I probably will even get told I got to get out. <clears throat> and then, more than likely, once I leave that bar, I'm probably trying to go into the one next door to see if they're still selling drinks. So basically what I'm trying to say is, is like, I feel like Fireball was definitely my shot of choice because, for one, it's cold. Most places, they serve it cold. And I don't know about anybody else, but, like, I really love my whiskey, of course. But, like, if you're taking, like, 20 warm shots of anything, it just doesn't go over well. And, and you know what I mean? It's like, but that goes for anything. I don't care what anybody says. Like, any of the most hardcore drinkers out there, it's not an, an enjoyable thing. I don't care what anybody wants to say. They're fronting regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these these dudes that, that go out and they're like, oh, fuck that, fuck that, man. I can kill, like, two bottles of fucking uh, Jaeger, no problem, warm, and I'll sit there and drink it. Yeah, dude, but was it really that much fun? Or was there at one point when you were sitting there like, god damn, this tastes like shit, and I, I just barfed in my mouth for the 14th time? I'm pretty sure that that's definitely the case. Most people won't admit it because that's just not something they're going to say. But I can tell you right now that I used to think that I was a pretty hardcore drinker and that's that's real talk shit right there. So I'm just keeping it real with you. But anyways, I walked into the gas station today and for real, like this dude walked right past me after he had just got a, a oh my God, it, it's the same thing that I used to get, the fucking shooters. So literally at one point, you know, like the last couple of years, I was for sure like drinking the most I'd ever drank. Like, I don't know about like anybody else and what you think is too much drinking, whether you think that like drinking a full bottle of wine is absolutely crazy or, you know, maybe if two bottles of wine is pushing it or if you're like, you know, somebody that dr can drink a pint of like brandy or something like that or everybody has their level of drinking, I feel. But like, I think that my thing was that I didn't really ever have a level. It was just kind of just what the fuck ever. Like, as much as I could put in my body, I was going to do it. And it just, that's, like I said, there's people that can go out and they can leave the bar after two hours and literally have a little giggly fucking, like, tipsy moment. And then they're, like, happy with their night and then they go home. I mean, I was pretty much always going out to get shit-faced drunk and probably, like, end up fighting or getting kicked out of a bar because I was just an idiot. But that was just me, okay? So, and that's not even me making shit up just for fun either. That's just who I was for a while. And that's, I'm not, I'm not saying that was a good thing. It was a lot of fun though, I'll tell you that. But, <laughs> you know, but it's also, yeah, it got to the point to where now it's like, like I said, I walked right past that dude and automatically I could tell that he had just taken a, a just a small shooter of some, some fireballs, he walked right past me and it hit me right in the face and I literally about puked in my mouth. Just like, just catching a very small, like, whiff of it. And, yeah, so that's why it's been so easy for me to not drink, to be honest with you guys. Because honestly, I mean, like, at my peak, like, probably in 2016 before, uh, like, I got really uh, put on, like, limitations with my probation and shit that I was on. I was probably killing, like, between me and my ex-girlfriend, we were definitely drinking, like, a full gallon of Fireball a night. Some nights it would be two. 
And that's where I'm not making this up. I don't know how he did it at times. I, I really, I really, if, if she's listening, if she ever does listen to this, I, I apologize for turning you into the fucking goddamn monstrous alcoholic that I turned you into because I know that there ain't no damn way you would have drank that much if I had, if you had never met me. I'm just going to say that right now, but <laughs> all jokes aside about that, but still regardless, this year has been easy for me to stay away from alcohol, but the hardest part about it is, is I get very bored, and whenever I get bored, I get depressed, and my anxiety gets crazy, and I really sometimes don't know how to live life, basically. So, and I know that that's, this probably sounds crazy to some people out there, because I feel like, you know, everybody has their own things that they do that makes you happy, you know, whether it's you got, you know, your children, or you got... Um, spin class or you go and you do things with your friends or whatever you do that makes you happy. Really about the only thing that I've ever had in my life that really kind of brought me into the realm of being happy and enjoying life was my addictions. And uh, without drinking, dude, it's been like really, really fucking hard for me to kind of find a lot of enjoyment out of stuff because I really don't. I used to drink to get myself in the mood to do anything. Legit. Even work. And that, even that right there, that sounds crazy. That's what I'm saying. But that is where I've been at in my life. So it's like my addictions have really gotten to the point to where it's like if I don't take like three or four fireball shooters with me to work and drink two before I go in, I'm probably going to quit my job or I'm going to end up stabbing somebody in the kitchen because I just didn't want to be there. But hey, I take two shooters before I go in. I might hit, you know, like a... A couple of hits of weed before I go in. At one point, I, who knows, something else. I, you know, just whatever was on the menu at that time. And I'd walk in and guess what? It's work time, baby. And I can do it. I can do it for 10 hours and I don't hate my life being there. I make it worth my time. You know what I mean? So it's been kind of like, it's been really hard for me to find enjoyment with basically anything whenever I'm not doing it how I want to do it. And, uh, but yeah, uh, recently, like I said, I think that's just kind of where I've been at. I feel really, uh, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, I feel great about my, uh, me kind of getting to where I have with my sobriety with alcohol just because I did it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think I could go a year. This isn't the first time I've went this long without drinking. I'm going to let you guys know that. I mean, there have been times in my life where I absolutely could not drink because I was on probation. But this last time that I actually did get myself into some stupid ass trouble and shit and I was on probation, like I, I really was still drinking and I wasn't supposed to be. And I actually ended up being an idiot and I violated my probation because of drinking. I, you know, like it got to the point to where that's where my, my drinking had gone. And like literally like in my fucking probation shit, it says like, you cannot go to any bars. You cannot drink. You cannot even drink at your house. That was basically what, what I had to follow. You want to talk about like an ultimate, ultimate lifestyle change. I couldn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm just going to be straight up with all of you guys. I didn't do it. I couldn't. I mean, at the time, I was working two jobs. And 
basically every single damn penny I was making, I was having to throw to my lawyer. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get really into my rest and everything, my last shit that I just went through in the last two years. But if you know, you know. It is what it is. One of the one of these episodes, I'll definitely. Uh, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about exactly what happened with everything, just so everybody kind of knows, because it really is something that played a huge, huge detrimental part of my life in the last three years. But that will, I think that we'll get into that, and I'll, I'll actually tell everything that happened. I'll. We might. I don't know. Maybe we'll even get into it on this one. Why not? We can't actually. We'll see. We'll see where this takes me. But. Um, yeah, let's just let's continue on this path. If it takes us there, then you know maybe I'll I'll spill some beans about everything that happened with everybody because I really do want to set the record straight um, with everything as far as what happened with me because there is a lot of shit that people don't even know and a lot of shit that has happened that I really want to be let known because I I absolutely do want to save face with myself and with other people as well because I feel like a lot of people have a kind of a false perception of me at times of exactly what maybe has been heard, what has been said about anything. And I am definitely not in any way ashamed of talking about anything. Trust me, I have been through hours and hours and hours and hours of therapy, my people, and rehabilitation and stuff like this now. So it's it's not even a thing for me now to feel enclosed or trapped inside of a box. I'm always going to be in, in, in open, in, in open, uh, in open air with you guys, because it's always going to be, this is what I've actually had to get used to doing for the last couple of years to make me more aware of my own, um, mental state, you know, like, and I don't know, you know, I don't know who has all this and yet. I mean, I've only put out one episode. This is going to continue on, of course, but, I feel like I'm speaking to a lot of people that the people that are probably going to be listening to this are going to be people that more than likely you guys do probably know me on a personal level. If you don't, that's fine too. I mean, I feel like you'll probably get to know me through a lot of the stuff that I say and how I say it and stuff like that. And if not, if it's in your cup of tea, then I guess you probably won't listen past this. But um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like um, basically where I'm at in life right now as far as um, the overall absolute of my addictions and really just kind of moving forward is really just the fact of the matter of me just trying to get used to life again um, in a way that maybe I haven't done in a long time. I had to make a huge, huge lifestyle change regardless. You know what I mean? Like, so like I, I really was like before this last year and a half, I mean, I was homeless. I was basically couch surfing anywhere I could stay because I was still doing the band shit. You know what I mean? So like I was always pursuing anything that I could get myself into basically. Um, but then of course, you know, once my arrest happened and everything like that, I was very, very, very limited. I literally could not even live or leave my apartment at one point because of my dumb ass and my drinking. I mean, as far as that went, basically what happened was, is that, like I was saying, like in my, in my rules and regulations of my, my, uh, probation, I basically, like I said, I could not be within like 30 feet of a bar. I could not drink at all. And if I did, and if I had any kind of contact with any law enforcement, 
then I would violate my probation. And that's basically it. But here's the thing. I absolutely did not stop doing what I wanted to do. I was still kind of in that, like, I hated the fact that I had just even, I was kind of in just like a really dark place anyways altogether. I was really, really battling myself a lot. I had just recently went through, like, a lot of family issues and also a lot of relationship bullshit. I mean, that's the story of my life, pretty much. I mean, I'm I'm typically always self-destructing from some kind of relationship that I've been in or chasing or something like that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one out there. I mean, I'm always the person that's always searching for love and trying to be in a relationship instead of taking care of myself. And it's basically just a roller coaster of me trying to find somebody that can basically kind of keep me preoccupied with not taking care of myself, if that makes sense. So I'm basically just looking for (laughs) – essentially I'm looking for a distraction so that way I don't have to face my own problems. Basically is what I have been on a constant uh, trail of doing. So instead of facing my own addiction problems and my – you know, my anger issues and my my family problems that I have and, like, just all of my personal shit that I've been going through instead of just dealing with it. I've just been trying to find somebody to distract me from that so that way I don't have to fucking deal with it. But then instead what I do is I actually end up either turning those people into me in a way or... I end up destroying them as well. I don't know if anybody else is like me. Um, That's really about the easiest way that I really can't explain it at this point because it seems like it's been the exact pattern for like the last four years. It's like I hit a very, very high point, right? I'll, uh, you know, either I'll be with a band or something and everything's like going super fucking dope. Or I'm writing some really great music at the time. Or... I land a really fucking badass job and I'm making hella money. In 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 those two different things right there, that's also two worlds that I live in. So it's either I'm completely making music or I'm completely not, basically is what my life's been. And when I'm completely not making music, I'm working and more than likely acting a goddamn fool all the time because I absolutely of course don't like that I have to work because I would rather be touring and playing my music obviously and I know a lot of people like even if my family is listening to this and shit a lot of people won't understand it they'll be like yeah well that's life you know like you need to fucking get over that because you can't always just be playing music you need to have a job too And listen here, I I understand that, okay? And here's the thing, and here's what I'm going to say about that. I'm, I'm now 30 years old, right? I've had really, really great jobs in my life. I've, you know, I've had multiple different places I've lived. I've lived in multiple different states in in the, in the U.S. Um, I've done everything from sell life insurance to bartending to being a chef, a cook, to literally being a assistant general manager at a 
an optics store. Like, literally. Some of the craziest, like, most random, like, opposite things that you could possibly think of. And what I found is, is that it really doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just have to be completely motivated by that, that thing that I'm doing. If I'm doing something, I'm going to be 200% in and that's just what I'm going to be doing. And then pretty much everything else around me doesn't, I, I'm always going to be putting more into one thing than the other. So if I'm in a relationship, but I'm also working my, the hardest job that I've ever had that I'm making the most money and it's also the most like, it takes like the most out of me. Whether it's like, you know, if I am doing the chef shit and I'm working like doubles every fucking day and I'm working weekends and I literally can't even go do what I want after work ever and I don't have, you know, a life outside of work. I'm probably becoming self-destructive through that because it's a pattern that I just, I've kind of followed. But if I am doing something that really requires a lot of my focus, like I said, whenever I was actually, whenever I became an optician, which a lot of people probably don't even know this, you know, like, but that was something I did. Uh, it was something that I literally just randomly did. Never once in my entire life did I think that I would ever become an optician. And if people, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's literally just like, uh, just working with, you know, like people, people's eyesight and glasses and stuff. I'm just going to put it very layman's term for anybody if you don't know what I'm talking about. But it literally was something that I never in my entire life thought that I would ever even have an interest in doing. You know, I've never even worn glasses in my life. I've always had 20-20 vision, right? So it's like, why would I, why would I have any interest in this? But the thing about it was, is it doesn't matter what it is I'm doing. I like to just pick up, it's kind of like a movie role. The way that I kind of see my life is, is like, kind of like I'm just playing a role. Literally, in anything that you do, uh, I feel like it, it kind of makes it more fun. You know, like, that's the way that I have to kind of portray my life is, like, not portray it, but how I have to do the shit in my life to keep it fun. You know, like, this year, I wanna, I'm want i going to pick up selling insurance. I'm going to walk around in a tie in these fancy-ass shoes that I have to go, you know, literally get at a specific store in the mall. I have to cut my hair a certain way. I have to talk a certain way. I have to basically spend my entirety of my life playing that role. But it makes it more fun. That's And there's my advice for you guys. If you guys can't find motivation in the shit that you do in your everyday life, try and find it and make it more interesting and seeing it as like, as in it's a movie role, you know, like you're, you're perfecting your part in that part of the scene of the movie, or maybe you are the star of the movie. I don't know. It depends on what you're doing, which at that point in my life, I actually was one of the stars of the movie. Cause I was the assistant general manager of the store. And it was literally just something like I, I was actually training. Uh, I was going through a training program, uh, I won't say the name of the company, but I was actually an assistant manager for a shoe company. And this is whenever I was living in West Des Moines, Iowa. Which I will say right now, okay? So, like, I've spent most of my life either in Illinois, 
in like the the middle of Illinois area or right now in the southern part like by St. Louis area and going towards Missouri. Or I've spent a majority of when I wasn't in Illinois in Iowa. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you know, I don't know what kind of rap that Iowa gets from any other states. It's probably just like oh, that's like a place of cornfields. And yeah, it very very much is. But here's the thing I'm going to tell you right now like Honestly, I knew really nothing about Iowa at all when I first moved there at all. But it is literally somewhere that I would most definitely go back to at any point in my life. Because from day one when I first moved there, it is just like the land of opportunities. A hundred percent. And I mean that because I came from Illinois where it is nothingness. You know what I mean? Like you either have to want you either have a trade that you're going to follow and you're going to you're going to be a welder for, you know, a, a large majority of your life, you're going to join the union, work for the union, or, you know, or you're you have a specific study that has gotten you to what career you're doing. Or you're going to work in a factory or you're going to be a salesman or, or something, you know what I mean? But Iowa I found is really just kind of like a very, very large epic center, or is that what I want to say? I, I don't know what how to phrase that, but it is really just a place where you you will have no problem finding a job, and it doesn't matter what it is that you want to do. When I first got there, I you know I I, I easily jumped right back into being into the food industry, pretty much. <laughs> A passion of mine, obviously, is, you know, cooking and being a chef. So that's always usually my go-to whenever I'm in any unfamiliar city. Um, because that's just the quickest thing for me to pick up on. I always know that no matter what, when I go to a restaurant and I show my, you know, my background and my resume and stuff, I can always get a job in the kitchen because it's it's a passion of mine. So that's that's always my first go-to, right? So automatically, you know, like I, I'm in West Des Moines. West Des Moines is actually, I would compare it to um, cities that are similar. I would say kind of St. Louis or if you've ever been to like Cincinnati, Ohio, or I'm trying to think of some more cities that are kind of similar. Those are two that I would compare it to very much, I think. Uh, from my experiences it's it's a very it's um it is a, still a growing city too so it's like uh there's it's 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 definitely grabbing a lot of really cool technology based shit you know what i mean like the new trends of everything is really popping there you know and uh, of course also it's like it's a great great city for college kids to go and party i mean so that obviously of course that's probably one of the main reasons why i absolutely loved des moines is because of the party scene downtown is just absolutely just like one of the coolest fucking places ever just to go and do anything their local music scene there is phenomenal like that i think that was the biggest attraction that i had there because there was um it was actually kind of sad to see but there's this venue there called uh Oh, damn it. Don't tell me I'm going to forget it now. No, I'm sorry. I couldn't forget it. Vaudeville Muse. And I remember when I first went there, it was actually like, uh, it's a very small venue. And I'm actually, my band actually never really played there. We played in a different venue whenever we played there the first time 
in uh, Iowa whenever we went touring through there. They, I think they may have played it without me whenever I was on a break, but I never actually played there. But they very, very much like... Yo, stop what you're doing right now. Here's what I need y'all to do. Go to your browser right now, right now. Click on it, okay? Check this out. Type in www.bigcartel.com slash Nash Life Apparel. Here's where you're going to find all my merchandise. We got everything from hoodies to hats to tanks to girls' shorts, shirts, tanks. We got more. We even have shot glasses. We got backpacks we got bandanas we got shoes we got flip-flops we got sunglasses and more to come do me a solid click on it now place your orders let's get it love local music and that's that's a really huge thing for me because i i love to go to local shows that's always been something that i've always done ever since i was even you know in like junior high and high school you know, like I used to go to Springfield, Illinois, and I would always go to the local shows of the Black Sheep Cafe, and I would always hit as many local shows as I could just to see what bands were popping off and who was starting whatever. You know what I mean? So West Des Moines, that's where I was living. So that is basically the suburb of Des Moines. It's more so like the Richie development area. You know what I mean? It's more so of like, Des Moines is definitely where you can go, you can party, you can have a good time, you can see the sights, you can see sports games, do whatever whatever the hell you want. It's kind of just a free, great city. And then West Des Moines is about 15 minutes west, obviously, of the city, and that's where I was living at. And it was very, very different for me because I had never actually really lived in kind of like that that style of a suburb, I guess. But it was it was refreshing. Honestly, it was nice because it was, like I said, there was just nothing but jobs, dude. Like it didn't matter. You, there were, you would, you have no excuse if you are saying that you're unemployed in that state or at least in the, those two cities, because you could literally walk into anywhere and get a job like literally anywhere. And I'm, I'm saying that because every single place that I walked into, if I really, really wanted it, that job, no matter where it was at, they'll give you an opportunity. And that was the exact opposite whenever I was living in Illinois. Illinois is just such a... I feel like it's just such a shithole for jobs, man. Like, I feel like it's just... There's just not very many different opportunities. I feel like, like I discussed earlier, I feel like you're just kind of like... Your overall determination of what you're going to do if you're going to live in Illinois for the rest of your life is based off of this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm going to do, or this is just what I have to do to survive. If that makes any sense. But at least what I got from being in Iowa is that it's it, you can literally start your own company and shit. You know what I mean? Like they're welcoming shit like that. It's It's a growing city. Much it's nowhere close to New York and California and shit like that. But this is what I'm saying is is like this was the first city that I had lived in outside of Illinois that really kind of started making me see life different. And I was like, holy shit, man! Like this is this is where I need to be. Perfect. And like I said, automatically I walked straight in. I got my first kitchen job at a cheesecake factory, which I had never even heard of a cheesecake factory. You know, I ended up having to learn one of the biggest menus of food I've ever fucking learned in my life. It was some of the best food I've ever had. Super expensive food. 
not completely always worth it. It was just standard food. You know what I mean? But it was a hard menu. It was a hard job. I worked really, really, really honest, hard hours. I was working a lot of doubles. I was doing a lot of 12-hour days. You know, I'd come in in the morning and I would open it. And then I'd sometimes stay until after close. You know, it was long days. So, of course, that was taking away from my outside life. I wasn't able to do anything else. So... Once I started losing basically my life outside of work, that's when I started to really kind of like self-destruct. And it was either I'm going to have to start living the way that I do outside of work at work for me to enjoy my life at all, or I'm just going to have to deal with it. You know what I mean? So that's whenever I, you know, I really got deep into kind of Drinking at work, doing whatever the fuck I was going to do. I started really getting into that bad. And, uh, yeah, it, life changed dramatically. And uh, I was doing very, very, very well for a while. And then, you know, I fucked up and everything happened the way it did. And then I just really, really fell into the pits of hell. And that's whenever everything just got really dark for me. And it wasn't the fact that I couldn't get back out. It was just the fact that I felt like, well, what was the point at that point? You know, I don't know if you guys ever reach low points to where it's like, it took you absolutely no effort to get there. You know what I mean? Like you, you literally, your life was so good. And then boom, out of nowhere, you are just absolutely the lowest part ever. You, everything's going wrong. Anything that you could possibly think of is going to break. Your car fucking breaks down or your car completely just stops working or you wreck your car. So then you can't even get to work. Well, obviously, I couldn't drive during that time. So I was literally having to take an Uber to work every single day. I was spending motherfucking $40 one way to work, dude. Think about that shit. $40 one way to take an Uber. So I'm spending $80 a day for someone else to drive me to work six days a week. Do you know how much motherfucking money I blew just on transportation? So automatically, you guys already know exactly why that was burning my ass. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going in every morning, and I'm getting there at 6.30, 7 o'clock, getting there early, doing what I was supposed to do. Sometimes I wouldn't get off till 9 at night, 10 at night. I paid $40 to get there. I was there for four, 12, 10 hours, and sometimes I couldn't get an Uber, and whatever the fuck, you know, and then I would have to pay $40 to get home. So already, there goes $80 straight off the top from that day. So, I mean, I was making, I was making good money. I was making salary. That was the first salary job that I ever had in my life, right? So I was used to, I mean, I was pretty much used to making, you know, just kitchen wages. So I was making like, but even in Iowa, it was the most money I was making in the kitchen. I was making $13 for my first job at Cheesecake Factory. And then I moved up to 14 an hour. And, and anybody, I mean, my, my chef people, you know what I'm talking about when it comes to money like that. Most kitchens don't pay that well. I mean, they really don't. 
So automatically, that's why I was very attracted to working in kitchens there. There's always a fallback. You know what I'm saying? So like once I got my resume built there, I was kind of like <clears throat> kind of set. Because I, I basically, <laughs> you guys already know what I'm talking about. So, like, my first job, I walk in, right, Cheesecake Factory. You know, and I, I just came from Illinois. So, like, the last kitchen that I worked in, dude, I was probably making, like, fucking 8 $9 an hour, right? Fucking next to nothing. Chump change, basically. And so, I had no idea what to ask for. You know what I mean? So, I, like, walk into my first interview there at Cheesecake Factory, and they're like... So, uh, you know, like, what what are you trying to make an hour? I had no idea what the fuck to say. Because in Illinois, they just told you this is what you're going to make and that's just what you're going to get. And that's just, that's it. Right? So I was like, I mean, I, I don't know, like $9, $10 probably. And then, you know, of course, my manager at that time, even then, they looked at me like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, where did you just come from? They started me at 13. And of course, I was like, uh, uh, well, of course I can do that, you know? I'm like, 13 an hour? Where the, where am I at right now? You know what I mean? Like, that was like a fucking $5 raise from where I was just working at, and it was the same shitty-ass job, right? So automatically, I'm like, 13 an hour? What? But here's the thing, though. It has to be that, because my apartment that I was living in was $1,200 a month, Right? I had a two bedroom. So it was me and my ex-girlfriend. And then we had two friends that lived with us and we split, we split it between all four of us and we made it work. So, you know, of course we were doing the split. So it was 600 a piece and whatever. But the, obviously it's just because the, you know, the cost of living is more expensive there. Obviously it's just higher. So they pay more. So automatically, of course I caught my eye, but of course it was still really in, in retrospect, it was still just, that's what I needed to make to even fucking pay my rent regardless, right? So like I said, I'm, I'm making salary at this next job whenever I was working in optics. And so I'm making really great money, man. Like I, I, I think I settled, I'll, I'll say that it was less than 20, but it was more than, more than 17. So I was like right in between 19 when I first signed my contract. It was like 18, 90, 19 something I, I don't remember the exact figure, of course. But it was basically the equivalent of me making like fifty to sixty thousand a year. Right? So automatically I you know, like that's a huge, huge fucking lifestyle change for me. I literally had just been living on a bus with a bunch of smelly other dudes, sometimes playing for shots of Jameson and um possibly a place to take a shit after the show to now, you know, randomly just moving to this new state and hopping into this new profession. Right. So it's like, I go from being this dude up on stage, painting my face, throwing blood all over people, playing fucking death metal and shit to now I'm wearing a, tie every day again. I'm wearing fancy shoes. I'm even wearing motherfucking glasses, dude. <laughs> I had to, right? I'm wearing some fresh-ass Versace's. I got me some of the dopest fucking glasses you can get because I got them for fucking free, right? 
I got these $400 pair of glasses on my face that I, I literally don't even fucking need. But they looked good with my shoes or my watch that day. And that's how I was living then. And then, like I said, that's that high, right? I'm living high, bro. I'm fucking stacking cash. And that's when I start going crazy. You know, I start going to the strip clubs every fucking night. It started being a weekend thing. You know, I'd take my boys out. We'd all go out. We'd either hit the bars or we'd go to, you know, like the arcade area. They have like these dope-ass places called like Up Down. It's like an arcade. It's kind of like for, it's a big-ass arcade in the basement of a bar for adults. If that's not like one of the dopest fucking ideas you've ever heard of, you got to go to one. The original one actually closed there in Des Moines. They actually changed it. They turned it into like a different version of it. But the original one was dope as fuck. So we were doing that, or we were going to the strip clubs, and I was throwing around money, too much money, obviously. Well, you know, I mean, like, me being me, once I start doing anything, I can't stop. You know, and all my homies that are going with me, we're all drinking. You know, like, we all, we're all on the same page. We all like to drink. We're all great at it. We all like to party. We like our party favors. We like, you know, living it, right? I'm making great money. I'm living high. I'm feeling good. Everything is going great for a very, very short amount of time for me. And then everything comes crashing down. You know, I start going to the bars more. I start going out every night. So instead of taking that, you know, I was paying $40 just to go home. Well, then I started paying $30 to just go downtown. <laughs> You know, I'd be like, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just go downtown. I'm only 10 minutes away anyways, right? So I'd pay an Uber to take me 30 minutes. I'd go downtown and I'd start, you know, start drinking downtown. And then maybe we'd make it over to the to the village area. Then we'd make it back over to the west side and I'd come back over. And maybe sometimes I'd end up over on the east side. And I don't know why. I, I could tell you exactly why, but we won't get into those details. But, you know, it just started getting out of control. And that's basically, that's whenever, I feel like I'm always on a roller coaster. Like, you know, whenever you're like, you're really on a roller coaster and you're like going up, right? And you're just like, fuck, man, the adrenaline is just pumping and pumping. And you're like, motherfucker, this shit's going to be so fucking crazy. It's about to be fucking amazing. This is about to be so good. And then you get up to the very top and then you look down. Some people might like that. I think I actually, as much as I, contrary to the belief, think that I don't like that, I feel like maybe that is what I do like. I think I really do like, but I think I like watching from the other side. Like watching me go up to the top from the other side and watching me fall. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't really like going up to the top and watching it and then fucking falling down. I like watching it from the where the spectators are watching it. So they get to watch me go up to the top. And they get to watch me, my shit, my pants face as I'm going down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you get if you get my drift. And that's basically what happened, man. So it's like I lost control. I started just, you know, like, and that's when I got arrested. Everything just got really crazy. And my life just took a huge, huge, huge change again. I lost my job. I mean, I, eventually I did. I had to lose my job because I literally was, um, 
You know, they put me on a fucking, uh, they put me on a, an ankle monitor. You know, they, they had me go through a lot of shit, man, because I was looking at time. Like, I, I was really looking at prison time. Because I had already been arrested. I got arrested seven times that year. I'm just going to put it lightly. Within those two years, I got arrested like six or seven times. And basically, it got to the point, to the last, that last time that I got arrested, they basically, what they did is they just put everything together. It was a pretty shitty move. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. You know, like they, the reason why they slapped me on my wrist for like the first five times I got arrested is because they were like, well, we're just going to keep adding these until he really fucks up. And that's what happened. You know, I was looking at three different three different felonies, and then I also had like four or five different misdemeanors. And they, they tacked them all together. So like I said, it went from something that could have been bad to absolutely fucking horrible. And guess what? All that money that I made... Right, I was finally, for the first time in like fucking five years, financially stable to where I was ready to like take it to the next level of possibly like getting a house. I we were looking at houses. I was ready, you know, like it was finally almost to that point, and then boom, that shit happened, and then every goddamn penny I fucking made. I had to put towards all of my my fines and keeping me out of fucking prison. I ended up paying like twenty four thousand fucking dollars on this case, and, it, and they put me on probation for three years. Right. So imagine doing anything for three years is pretty unheard of. Anyways, this day and age. You know, like, I feel like maybe, like, back in, like, our parents, like, I'm, like I said, I just turned 30, so, like, thinking, like, back on my parents, like, them working their job for, like, 20 years, that was more so of, like, their thing. But now, think, think of, like, right now of doing any one thing for three years. Now, think of being on probation for three fucking years. Absolute restrictions. Like, literally, I could not leave the county. I could not leave the state. I could not do nothing but go to work and come back to my apartment. I absolutely did not do that, though. Obviously. So, my dumbass is still doing what I want. I still keep going out. I still keep going out. I still keep going out. I end up running into the cops two or three different times. I, I did a at a strip club a couple of times and also at the bars downtown a couple of times. And, uh, you know, whatever, 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 I violate my probation. So after two and a half years of paying money to try and fight my case, it literally, they hadn't even like, it took them a year to even basically even get me fucking started with the shit anyways. But, it took me that long, right, to start paying off my fines and start putting money towards all the shit. I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you've never been arrested, don't fucking start. I started whenever I, like, turned 18, and I've literally been on probation since. For fucking real. This is the first year since 2010 that I've not been on papers in my life. 
So I've, I was basically on papers with either the state of Illinois or the state of Iowa for the last decade. Even whenever I was touring and shit. Like, even whenever you guys may have met me on the road with the convalescence, whether it was in uh, 2013 or 2014, I was on probation even in those times. I just had a pass through my probation officer because he was actually really cool and he let me tour. I don't know why, but he did. <laughs> still blew my mind. Still blows my mind to this day that that was allowed, but I, I did it. And I met a, a lot of the people that were probably listening right now in that time period. But yeah, absolutely. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is, is that I wanted to give you guys just, we're going to keep going with my life, of course, throughout all of these, but I just wanted to kind of touch on where I'm at right now with the highs and lows. And I think why I'm at where I'm at in my life right now. And it's basically just in like this kind of hanging in the balance area where I, I don't really know what to make of each day. And I it's almost to the point where I live for just the day. You know, like getting through day to day now. Because it is so hard for me to try and figure out exactly how to navigate what the hell I'm supposed to be doing now. So because with all these different things that have happened, all these changes and shit that I've went through and like, the not doing music and the doing music and then completely, you know, like leaving and going to a different state to pursue another stupid relationship or to, you know, try a different band or do whatever the fuck I've been doing. You know what I mean? Like I, I've just gotten kind of lost in a whirlwind and I feel like where I'm at right now is I'm just trying to figure out where the fuck I'm going to land. You know, I've been living in St. Louis now for almost a year. Almost a year now. And in this year, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I've been really just trying to get my fucking head back on my shoulders. Completely. That's all I've been really working on. You know, like, I, I, I feel like I'm like... Like I said, hanging in the balance of knowing that this is not over yet. And I know that I still have a lot of shit that I want to do. Like a lot of really cool big things that I still want to do with my life. I still want to go back on tour. I still want to be in a band. I still want to do all that shit. Trust me. Like that fire still burns within me every single day. That's never going to go away. Not now. It did at one point. But right now, it's, it's definitely at its strongest. I can assure you guys that. But it's also to the point now to where it's like I'm 30 years old. So it's like... I do want to start a family, you know, like I, I'm at the, I'm at the age now to where it's like, I do, you know, like I, I want to, I want to have a son or a daughter. I want a kid, you know, but ask me that fucking three or four years ago. And I told you what <laughs> I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But like right now it's kind of like, that's why I'm so torn at this point, because it's like, what, what do I want to put? my next large, large effort of time into. And it, honestly, I, I don't really, it doesn't matter to me. I think it, I, that's why I, I'm kind of happy with where I'm at right now too, because I feel like whatever the hell I choose, I feel like it's just, I'm going to be successful 
because I've, I've kind of like stood back and kind of like weighed my options with so many different things in the last year and just stayed busy and just tried to like keep myself sane to the point, if you could call it that. <clears throat> but I think a lot of it has really just made me kind of step back and realize like, you know what? I do know now for sure I'm supposed to still be alive. I can most definitely confirm that. I don't know why yet still. I'm still trying to figure that out. And that is what has made life in a way so dull and boring, but also exciting at the same time. Because, yes, I am kind of like, dude, can I just get this over with? Some days I really am. I'm just kind of like, why the fuck can I have just died, you know, when I overdosed back in September? You know, like some days I really do feel that way. I'm like, why the fuck, like, how the hell did I take what I did, and I'm still here now a year later almost, still trying to figure out why the fuck I'm here, you know what I mean? But, again, like I said, I'm, I'm using that as a motivation, because at least now I know for sure, for sure, that wasn't my time to, like, leave this earth. Something, something has to happen now, at this point. My story is definitely still not over yet, right? And I feel like you guys can look at it that way too. You know, like if, you, if you've if you really went through some really deep shit, especially, you know, recently, whether, you know, like, you know, maybe you've lost some family members or maybe uh, it's been really hard for you, you know, like maybe you just can't figure out what it is that gets you through your daily because it's just, you're just really depressed and you can't get, get through your days and stuff. But you know what I've really found that's actually really made it at least more enjoyable for me is really just either rekindling old friendships with people that were really good for you in your life or creating new ones. And I, I can, I can really honestly say that I've actually created a lot of really great new like friendships and connections with people this year because I took the time to, you know what I mean? I feel like back whenever I was doing, I was doing all the crazy shit. I didn't really slow down to like appreciate the people around me. I think I was just always just kind of strapped in and I was always just, just in for the ride. You know what I'm saying? But like I took this year and I really slowed down to actually kind of appreciate what's around me. And honestly, not only did that really help me like spiritually, it really did help me grow spiritually, but it also really did help me just overall because I was able to to create brand new relationships with new people that were supposed to be in my life. You know, like I, I finally can say now, uh, thank you to the people that I needed for leaving. Because they weren't the people that I really needed in my life. I feel like right now the people that I have found that are in my life are the people that I should have in my life. You know? And it's 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 a very long stage after stage thing. You know? And I'm, I'm still learning that. And I know that you guys are probably going through that too. Don't, don't ever think that it's, you know, this is just it. You can always branch out and find new happiness and new stuff. You know, I, I just, I probably got another brand new five new people in my life this year that I absolutely would have never made it through this year without. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. 
And if you're listening to this, I just want you all to know that I'm very, very thankful and I love you guys so much for, for coming into my life. And you know who you are. I tell you on a daily basis. If I tell you that, if you know that, you know. Because I've really, really had a lot of bad people in my life around me. A lot. I didn't have the best influences. I didn't always have the best you know, people around me to show me what I should really be doing because I honestly didn't really care. I always just did what I wanted anyways. But I've had some nice mentors. I've, I've been around a lot of good people in the last two years that really have came into my life, and I know it was for a reason. And uh, so right now, like I said, although I'm hanging in the balance, I'm still ready to take that next step. And I hope that if you guys are there too, just, just hang in there, all right? I know that it, it may seem like... Your, your arms are getting tired because you're like, dude, which way am I going to go? This, this shit's getting old. I'm getting exhausted. Trust me, I feel you. I really do. I feel you on every single level. But just know that even if it makes you feel better to know that I'm in the same place as you, guess what? It makes me feel better knowing that there are other people out there in the same place as me as well. So uh, with all that being said, thank you everybody for coming to listening to this, uh, this cruise hour that like I said, this is only episode two. I've been kind of slacking, but I feel like I'm going to probably uh, bang out another one probably uh, in the next couple of days. And uh, we're going to touch a little bit more kind of on uh, all the crazy chaos shit that I was ta- talking about earlier, but a little more detail. But I want to thank you guys for stopping by and uh, hanging out with me for this last hour. Like I said, if you guys do listen to this and you have any uh, any suggestions or any questions that you guys want me to touch on or any topics or anything, just comment on the uh, the link that I put the actual show there on my Facebook link and uh, tell me what you guys want to hear and shit. But I think that's pretty much it for this one. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for being in my life and being here uh, listening to this right now. And uh, I hope you all find some peace tonight. And are able to uh, just chill. Just put it back. Just sit back for the night. And uh, just just enjoy being alive, man. But uh, I'm Duke of Nash. All right, y'all. This has been the Cruise Hour. Love y'all. Bye. Yo. Go to YouTube right now. Here's what I need you to do. Type in. N-U-K-E-M-N-A-S-H Nukem Nash Check out all my brand new music That I have just put on my channel Then what I need y'all to do Is I need y'all to hit that subscribe button And then turn that bell on So anytime that I drop any brand new music You get a notification And you'll get to hear some brand new shit Right as soon as it gets dropped Do it now Go to YouTube N-U-K-E-M-N-A-S-H Nukem Nash